0: I just don't know how anyone else is training. Uh, I haven't been around really any other athletes. So it's kind of keeping me on my toes. It's like, yes, like you're kind of on the Olympic team, but it it hasn't been set in stone. So, you know, definitely not comfortable. (laughs)
1: Welcome to the BarBand podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by BarBand.com. Today, I'm talking to American weightlifter Jordan Dela Cruz. At just 22 years old, Jordan's resume in the sport is already impressive. 2019 Pan-American champion in the 55-kilogram category, 2020 IWF World Cup champion in the 49-kilogram category, and multi-time American record holder. While the roster for the Tokyo Olympic Games hasn't been finalized, Jordan has put herself in a great position to qualify. Jordan joins us to talk training, changing bodyweight categories, and how weightlifters can build camaraderie and encourage newer athletes in the sport. Also, I wanna take a second to say, we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbend Podcast in your app of choice. I'd also recommend subscribing to the Bar Bend Newsletter to stay up to date on all things strength. Just go to barbend.com slash newsletter to start becoming the smartest person in your gym today. Now let's get to it. Jordan, thanks so much for joining us today. I have to start off with this. How's training been going lately during during the global pandemic?
0: Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I like that's your starting one.
1: <laughs> yeah, the e- I start with the easy question. Just, just you know, yeah. how are you dealing with a global pandemic? That's yeah,
0: how are you feeling during this pandemic? <laughs> uh, no, but training's been doing good, um, especially in the last month or so. Um, I'm definitely more into a better groove than I was earlier, um, earlier this year. So, I mean, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty good. We still don't have any like major competitions on the calendar or at least set, set stone in in the calendar. Um, but yeah, so far so good. Would
1: you would you compete virtually? I know I've been. Uh, we we saw what the Pan Am Federation did with their virtual competition, and now when we're recording this, USA Weightlifting is taking the AO Series three online. Is competing virtually something you'd consider in the near future?
0: Uh, I mean, if I if I needed to, hmm. uh, I have I've helped some teammates do some virtual competitions, and I just think it's super weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, this is strange. But of course, if I needed to, like if it was uh, part of the qualifying, uh, yeah, for sure. What
1: what have what have your teammates said about it? About like their experience? What have you observed about about the virtual competition so far? I'm, I'm curious. I haven't actually been involved in a virtual weightlifting competition. I haven't done color commentary on one yet. I haven't competed in one yet. I'm just kind of curious what your perspective is on it.
0: Yeah, I mean the the couple that have uh, happened are they've they've been, they've been run sm- pretty smoothly. Um, Harrison is actually competing in the uh, Uzbekistan one. Mm-hmm. The oh, Tuesday. Harrison Morris, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's definitely a little strange because you're lifting by yourself. It's a little bit more fast-paced. Um, I like the people will tell you to put the bar down. Um, and I don't know. It's, it's just a little bit strange.
1: Gotcha. What, um, I, I mean, you don't you don't need to compete on one in the calendar right now, but you are someone who generally under normal circumstances competes fairly regularly. I would say I've seen you compete more often, at least at national level and international level meets than a lot of other elite athletes. What is your kind of ideal number of times that you like to peak for in a given year?
0: Uh, well, what I'm used to, um, just in the last couple of years is yes, I have competed like every six weeks. Um, I I would say my longest cycle would be like a 12 week cycle, Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I do like to keep it that way. I do like competing a little bit more regularly, maybe not so much internationally, like <laughs> that's just exhausting traveling everywhere all the time. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely like competing more often than not. And so this period is definitely a little bit foreign to me.
1: Now, are you competing, uh, Around your competition body weight, competing every six weeks is is a lot in in the world of weightlifting, especially at your level. Are you kind of dropping weight every time, or are you leading up to a competition, or are you competing right around uh, you know fifty five? Are you are you training right around fifty five? I should ask.
0: Uh, well, I'm at forty nine now.
1: Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> you'll, have to, you'll have to forgive me that you cut down. So. One competition where you really shined was earlier this year, the uh, the Roma Cup, the IWF Roma Cup, and you had a fantastic stellar performance. Uh, it was one of the last big international meets before everything kind of shut down, especially right before Italy went into, into full lockdown. Tell us a little bit about your experiences at that meet and did you have any inclination kind of as, as COVID was becoming more of a global problem at the time that, you know, did it ever strike you like, hey, this might be the last time I compete internationally for a while?
0: Oh gosh, no, no, no idea. No, uh, I really didn't even know what the coronavirus was. Hmm. I honestly hadn't even heard about it that much. Um, and I was in Italy probably a week or two before the major outbreak, um, earlier in March. And so the fact that I hadn't even heard of it, either, you know, I just don't listen to the news enough or, <laughs> uh, it just wasn't that prevalent in the United States at the time. Um, but it's funny cause during that or a- right after that meet, most of us got sick, um, and I was just on and off fever and we weren't really, sh- we were weren't really sure what it was. Um, but my teammates just called me Corona light the entire time. (laughs) And now looking back, I'm like, Oh, I get it now.
1: (laughs) Well, do you, do you, did you get an antibody test? Like, do you know if that's what, what you actually had at the time?
0: No, I haven't gotten the antibody test. Um, I have gotten tested, but I I haven't gotten that yet.
1: So, so it could have been, it could have been COVID-19 or it could have been something else that was just going around the team. We don't really know right now.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, it could have been anything. I don't know if anyone else got tested for it. Um, but it, I mean, it was, it was weird because we all really, we got it very quickly. It was very mm. aggressive. It was on and off fevers. Um, you know, I don't, I didn't have any respiratory issues. I don't know if anyone else did. Um, but I mean, we, we definitely got sick no matter what it was.
1: How long did it take you to get back to, to training at full capacity after that?
0: Um, well, I was sick for a couple of weeks after that. And then I, let's see what happened. Oh yeah. I went to a wedding. So I really didn't start getting back into training until probably like three weeks later.
1: Gotcha. So we're, we're, we're in, in well into March at that point when you're kind of back into training at full speed.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Now, uh, a little later in, in, in March after, after, uh, the Roma, after the Rome competition, obviously, uh, Competition at the Arnold was um, quite interesting this year without spectators. Mm-hmm. People didn't know if they were going to call the event off, and it was in the weeks following that that things really started to hit home. And then, obviously, um, in the months after that, we find that the Olympics are being postponed. That pretty much all international events are being canceled for the rest of the year. Everyone reacted to that quite quite differently. You know, what do you remember your kind of first reaction when you heard about the Olympic postponement?
0: Um, well, when we first heard that they were toiling with the idea of postponing it, um, I would, I think I was just in denial about it. Mm. I was like, there's no way they're canceling it. Like they haven't canceled it since world war II. Like there, there's no way they can do that. And that whole process took a very long time as well. Like we would get little bits and pieces of information and weeks would go by. We still hadn't heard anything. and, And we're training yet. We don't know if this is even happening. We Columbia, which was a silver event and it was supposed to be held in March that had gotten canceled. So we're seeing all these meets just kind of dropping. And then they finally announced, yeah, we're going to postpone the Olympics. And by that point I had already just been like so upset, so stressed out, a lot of just, just, being sad, I guess, is to sum it up, it's just a really sad uh, news to hear.
1: Now, obviously, the official Olympic team won't be announced until 2021, which is a little bit awkward, especially given that uh, athletes like yourself had already put in a ton of work on on qualification. And you know, the the hope is that those athletes who would earn their spots will be able to maintain that. I know. Um, that seems to be that seems to be the case. Even though there might be some additional competitions to make up for what was canceled and postponed this year, um, you're a very likely member of of that Olympic team. What, if anything, has that done to change your your training and mindset for you know the next year? Since we're less than a year out from Tokyo 2020, as they're still calling it, even though it's in 2021.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a it's a strange mindset to be in because. Yes, I wasn't in a good spot um, after that meet in January. Um, I was in a good spot before they decided to postpone the Olympics, uh, but they're keeping that the qualifications open. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been asked, "Are you comfortable? Are you just kind of coasting right now?" And my answer is absolutely not. Like, I still have to keep fighting for my spot, even though I'm in a good position seemingly good position. Um, and I just don't know how anyone else is training. Uh, I haven't been around really any other athletes. So it's kind of keeping me on my toes. It's like, yes, like you're kind of on the Olympic team, but it it hasn't been set in stone. So, you know, definitely not comfortable.
1: It's uh, I mean, I can't even imagine that, the hard work that goes into this sport and then kind of having that put on delay. It's not like anything's been taken away from, from anyone, but at the same mm-hmm. time, um, you know, it's, it's not official until it's official. And that's certainly something that I think is is weighing on a lot of athletes. Um, but when it comes to your training, you know, you, you basically have an additional year now as does everyone, right? You don't, like you said, you don't know mm-hmm. what everyone else is doing. Um, are there any particular, weaknesses you're tackling. You said you're working on a pretty hard squat cycle right now. Anything that's really a priority in your training between now and whenever international competition opens back up?
0: Yeah. Well, because of just how vigorous the qualification process was to get to uh, the 2020 Olympics, I had to compete a lot. Uh, Cutting down to the 49s also required me to compete a lot in that weight class. Um, so something that we're we were given the opportunity to do is just get some volume in. Um, I was on six week competition cycles for over a year, so it, it is exciting. It's a little draining. It's a little like, oh, I wasn't planning on spending my August like this, um, doing all these squats. But it is a good opportunity to just start going back to the fundamentals go back to the foundation and start building that overall raw strength. And then later on, we'll go back to refining technique and getting those heavier weights over overhead.
1: What would you be doing in August if the Olympics had occurred or maybe what do you plan on doing? Assuming you make the Olympic team next year, do you have like a post Olympics celebration or vacation or relaxation period planned?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's nothing spectacular. Uh, It's just taking time away from the gym, traveling not with my weightlifting bag, (laughs) Um, you know, going to see family. I haven't seen them in so long. So yeah, I mean, I had a lot of plans. um, But at the same time, I also wasn't planning on retiring Mm -hmm. after this squad. I think things would have been a lot worse and, um, you know, just more difficult if I had, plan to retire after this year.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you're, you're just 22 years old. So in the, in the, even in the world of weightlifting, that's, that's pretty young. I, I mean, are you, you're pretty set on going for another Olympic quad after this one.
0: Yeah, I, I would like to do 24. Um, just I've been lifting for five or six years. So by that time it'll be my 10 year, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I mean, that seems like a long time in, in the course of, you know, you're you're very young, lifting for just five or six years. It might seem like a, a large portion of your life, but many in the USA weightlifting system have been lifting since they were a lot younger than that. Some started 11, 12, 13 years old. You know, I look at Harrison Morris. I look at CJ Cummings and I, I see their lifting pedigrees going back to when they, you know, even before they were teenagers. So your rise in the sport was... I don't want to say fast because I think that undermines the work that you've put in and the time you have put in, but, um, certainly a, a fairly quick rise from beginner to, to elite in the sport. Do you credit anything in particular, uh, your maybe athletic background before weightlifting or anything kind of with that early level of success that you built?
0: Yeah. Um, I think I would have to credit the opportunity I was given to be a, re- a resident at the Olympic training center. mm mm-hmm. Um, I was one of the last uh, groups to be there before they closed the program. So, you know, being around professional athletes, being around athletes whose job is to train and their bodies are their job. Um, and their goal is to go to the Olympics like that, not only instilled so much discipline and drive and dedication in me, but it, I mean, it almost felt like it gave me a purpose because mm even though sometimes I didn't feel like I fit in, it, like I knew this was my niche. Like this was what I wanted to do. I didn't know how I could do it. Um, but it's, I, I would say that's what got me started at such a young age to just commit fully to the sport.
1: You said you didn't always feel like you, you've uh, like, you feel like you fit in. Was there like, who were like the popular kids at the, at the Olympic training center when you were there? I'm I'm curious.
0: Oh, I mean, you had Morgan King there, Jenny. I mean, you had all the 2016 Olympians, you had Norm Fardanian, Alex Lee, Donovan Ford, Colin Burns, like you just, those were, I mean, and still, they're just such big uh, figures in weightlifting, especially modern day weightlifting. So, I mean, I trained with the best of the best at such a young age. And Gosh, I mean, I didn't realize at the time, but people thought of them as like weightlifting gods.
1: (laughs) And you were just there, you were just there along, along for the ride.
0: Yeah, essentially.
1: Well, what about now? I mean, now you're, you're one of the best, not only in the the United States, but in, in the world, Uh, you know, do people at your gym, they might be newer lifters, younger lifters look to you now with those like wide eyes.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's such a cool lineage because I got to train with Morgan King and then now we've got younger girls training with me and we're all around like the same body weight. So just kind of watching those numbers increase over the years and watching the talent, like it's it's been such a cool experience to be a part of just the growth of weightlifting in America. Um, but yeah, I, I love it when I see like little little me's around <laughs> just i'm like you're gonna be really good one day and you're gonna make my job really hard
1: <laughs> has has any have any of the newer lifters uh that has anyone come up to you at a competition and ask for an autograph for you to like sign their weightlifting shoes or anything like that
0: yeah I, I, yeah that's weird to me but some people are <laughs> like can i get your autograph I'm like what me
1: <laughs> what do they ask you to sign is it like shoes or a belt or something like that
0: Yeah. I've been asked to sign shoes. Um, usually for some reason they've got like pictures of me. So then I'll just like sign it. Um, sometimes they're the session cards.
1: That's cool. That makes sense. I I thought
0: that was cool. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but yeah, they're really sweet.
1: That's like I mean I guess it's like getting someone if you go to like a Broadway show. I live in New York, so I'm I'm biased here. You get you you like wait for the actors afterward. You get them to sign like the playbill for the Broadway show. So a session card. A session card's that equivalent in weightlifting.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, In regard to your weight class, the 49 kilo weight class was. I mean, has been highly, highly competitive. I, I say 49 now, you know, but that, that equivalent weight class, even before the body weight restructuring a few years ago, it's been pretty highly competitive. And you mentioned Morgan King as someone who is really at the top of that weight class represented the U S and in, in 2016, in that equivalent weight class, obviously it wasn't 49. Then, um, Alyssa Ritchie who fairly recently retired and, and, um, was really, one of the most accomplished USA weightlifting athletes on the international level for for a number of years. Right now, it's kind of you. You've really taken up the mantle of that weight class in the United States. Is there anyone, maybe a younger lifter, maybe someone newer to the sport you have your eye on and you think, wow, they can really be my competition here in a couple of years?
0: Uh, well, actually, I was just talking to a teammate about this, but maybe it's because this is related to Corona, but I just, I don't know much of the youth and junior lifters. Mm. I, I don't recognize names anymore. I think because the Olympics has taken like all of my focus, like <laughs> I'm just not, I don't really know who's on the junior world teams anymore or the youth world teams, which is sad. Cause I'm only 22. Like I should kind of still remember, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm not, I'm sure there's always going to be someone. I mean, there will be, that's, that's the fact.
1: What about on the international level? You know, who do you, who do you, who are you really excited to potentially compete against in your weight class in Tokyo?
0: Uh, I mean, I've got, I've got all the Asians. <laughs> so I've got all the Asians and then there's a, I think there's a, um, shoot, maybe Ecuadorian. I need to double check, but there's a South American country girl that we're pretty close with. Um, but I just, I haven't competed internationally as a 49 that i maybe only twice Mm -hmm. so i don't really know the competition in that weight class yet like i'm pretty familiar with the girls as the 55 or 53s but not so much the 49s
1: what was your transition to that weight that weight category like i mean i i think of like when i think of of me at my size dropping six kilos like it's not that intimidating but when you're dropping from 55 to 49 that's a, a really significant cut. What was your, what was your approach to that? Um, and, and how long did it take for you to kind of move down to that weight class?
0: Yeah. Um, well, I never was a fully full 55. Um, I mean I hit 55 a couple of times, um, in the morning because so I was taking creatine and I was <laughs> just eating a ton, <laughs> but naturally I sat at like 53 and a half to 54. Um, and I don't, it was actually a really easy cut. Like it's almost like my body was better off as a smaller, at a smaller weight. Um, I felt like I was faster. Um, you know, I just, I felt like my athletic performance got better. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a really simple cut. Like I still have to do like a water load and, uh, calorie restrictions when we get closer, but, nothing nothing dramatic
1: do you think that if you're to compete in another quad you'd want to stay at that weight class or would you want to explore a different weight class potentially moving back up
0: yeah i mean i would like to stay as a 49 if 49 is the weight class that's going to be here for the next quad um but at the same time like girls bodies we just change over the years so if it's if it's hard for me to stay at this weight then obviously i'll make adjustments if it's If I'm still kind of cruising along like I am now, then I'll stay.
1: For 2021, whenever international competition opens back up, uh, whenever we see you on stage next, do you have any particular numbers in mind for the snatch and clean and jerk that you'd like to be hitting uh, consistently in competition next year?
0: Yeah. um, I'd like to see the two in the 200s. Um,
1: For your total. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. I hit 195 in Rome going six for six and I felt like I still had room in both the snatch and clean and jerk. Um, and I, honestly, I felt like when we were training for Pan Ams, I could have put 200 on the bar. Um, so I would like to see next year in around in the 200s to 205, 207. Mm-hmm.
1: Where do you think you have, which lift do you think you have, you know, the most, most growth in potentially?
0: Uh, I would say clean and jerk. I would think, I think, Um, when I first cut down to 49, we, my legs are just still getting used to being smaller Mm -hmm. and I still think that strength is there. So I can, I still think we can push it. Um, but we, I mean, I just have to get used to being at a smaller body weight. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Did you have any technique changes at a smaller body weight? I know some athletes will maybe modify if they move down or up a weight class, maybe modify their starting position or something like that. Did anything like that change for you?
0: No, I, I kept everything pretty, pretty normal. Starting position, um, catch, like everything was basically the same. Obviously I'm like constantly trying to improve my technique, but, um, in terms of changing any like foundational stuff, no.
1: Gotcha. What do you think will be, um, you know, what do you think will be the biggest challenge, for you in, in gearing up for the Olympic games next year, if you, if you make the team.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I think the uncertainty of it all, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I have, I'm, I'm in a good position, but I still need to compete. And if those competitions are happening by the end of this year or next year, um, you know, hate to say it, but whether the Olympics is still happening or not, like all the uncertainty, I think mentally, um, that'll be my biggest challenge.
1: Cool. And this is a bit of a softball question, but you know, I asked who the, who kind of like the popular kids were at the, uh, Olympic training center when, when that was still a program for USA weightlifting. Um, but you know, who do you still look up to in, in weightlifting? It could be American weightlifting. It could be international. Um, but is there anyone you still see as like, you know, I, I really want to reach their level or you look to them for advice, anything like that when it comes to performance?
0: Um, I mean, I loved, or I still love, I love watching Rebecca Coda and Lydia Valentine um, because they just, they move so flawlessly. Um, I love watching their lifts. Um, but I, to be honest, the, the group of weightlifters that we've got like on the roster for the Olympics, like everyone there inspires me to like keep going. Cause we're all going through this together. Mm-hmm. Like we're all going through the struggles that coronavirus kind of brought on to us. And so, I mean, they're, they're a huge part of my, my motivation.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Well, Jordan, what's the best place for people to keep up to date with your training competitions whenever they restart? Um, where's the best place for people to follow you?
0: Yeah. Uh, probably Instagram, Jordan three n's 14,
1: Jordan three n's 14. Perfect. Yeah, uh, well, I, that, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I get that with people who are like, they're like, wait, what is my handle again? Let me think about it because it's just, auto, it's so automatic. Um, yeah. I'll go ahead and we'll make sure that's in the show notes and everything like that. So people can follow along with your journey through weightlifting. Uh, and I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Yeah, of course.